Yeah, but you can't go down to Costa Coffee with it, can you? Hello and welcome back to another episode of Weird Thing About That, where me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest or funniest story on that subject. Players' stories will be scored by our head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today, author of the world's funniest joke, Chucky. Yo! And back in the players' chair, Joe. Hello. And judging our stories today, Bernie the Farter. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you've been just sitting there guffing. Guffing. <laughs> Bernie, if you could please give us today's subject and how it will be scored, please. Uh, today's subject is jewellery, or jewels, and you'll be judged by red barrels, which are not angry old ladies. They are very expensive <laughs> jewels. Mm. And who's going first? Uh, Chucky. All right. Jewels and jewellery are one of those things that I simply don't get. A diamond set of earrings, a ruby brooch, a sapphire anklet, or maybe even a pearl necklace. All have the same value to me, and it's close to zero. (laughs) (laughs) I did laugh once before. Get this man some wine! Fucking he bought a pearl necklace. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it. <laughs> he put it in. Be fucking good this one. <laughs> I read it several times. Nothing. And now I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> with jewelry dating back some forty thousand years, it's kind of a, been a big deal in cultures and societies, and has adopted certain values to certain people. Though sometimes the exact reasons for wearing some particularly avant-garde items have been lost to the time. They still continue to exist to this day. Neck rings, for example, have been associated with many theories as to why ladies would wear them, stretching from connotations of more rings meaning more respect, through to purposeful disfigurement to make ladies of one tribe less attractive to potential encroaching other tribes. A relatively recent trend is that of the diamond engagement ring, though to be fair, the very first diamond engagement ring was made in 1477. They didn't become a traditional piece of jewellery until some not-right British diamond mining company ran an ad campaign in 1947 though, stating that diamonds are forever. It's a fairly overstated fact that diamonds are only valuable due to monopolies and false scarcity, but it wasn't known to me that a counterpart, pearls are actually extremely rare. Since pearls are formed by oysters and only 1 in 10,000 wild oysters will ever generate one, the chance of finding a substantial one is extremely low. It should be said that pearls can be made by clams also, which in a weird twist of fate, are the only restaurant variety of shellfish you can buy that could potentially have a pearl hidden away inside it, as the type of oyster typically used by restaurants don't make pearls, making all those if you find a pearl you can keep it signs at restaurants a bit of a cheeky jab at how stupid we all are. You know, unless they are also selling clams. But anyway, pearls have been a bit of a staple in terms of jewellery for thousands of years, but leave it to Cleopatra to be the person to really push the envelope on their use. You see, Cleopatra and Mark Antony, a relative of Julius Caesar, had a wager to see which one of them could provide the most expensive feast. Now, this wager isn't known as the Banquet of Cleopatra for no reason, and the astute amongst you must be wondering how jewellery comes into play here. Well, after scoffing what I can only imagine was God to his scran, provided by Mark Antony, our girl Cleopatra used one weird trick to win the wager. She took a cup of vinegar, plucked the pearl from her earring, and dropped it in. 
in the time it took for the pearl to eventually dissolve into the vinegar, I can only imagine the confusion and dumbfoundedness that Mark would have experienced. Cleopatra drank the vinegar. She was declared the winner of the wager. So I think the weirdest thing I've learned about jewellery that I can share with you is that if you're in a pinch, you can always make a pretty astounding vinaigrette with some pearls you might have laying around. Um, fabulous. Let's discuss it further. <laughs> <laughs> That's can, so catchy. You can, tell you're a, you can tell you're a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what the... F- right, let's have a, a, a contest of feasts. He puts on a big spread and stuff and she just puts an earring in some vinegar and then drinks it. Yeah, yeah well, it, it's... Yeah, that's that's essentially it. So imagine you like, oh, you oh, know. is it yours cost all this money, but this cost me this? No, no, no. As in, like, I'm I'm guessing the pearl was more monetary. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. She's like, yeah. I'm yeah. like eating gold. Yeah, but I'd I'd argue that it's not really a feast, is it? I mean, no, if no. only, only she's is eating. and she's drinking vinegar. Yeah, You'd be getting a that's kebab, aren't we? Oh, wouldn't you? I, um, I would. Yeah, it's like, well, I'd get some falafel. I I wouldn't enjoy drinking somebody's pearl necklace. You didn't even say the words pill next. He's, he's two for two on these, isn't he? Yeah. Just going back to that tribe thing, I, I thought it was a, a like a sort of other cultural beauty stand. They're actually purposely making their own women more ugly so people don't steal them. So it, it is a contested theory. Like nobody really knows anymore. But another one was, oh, it's to prevent tigers from being able to bite around the neck. Which, hmm? yeah. But then you're making the neck longer, which gives it more room to bite. But like it's not going to be able to crunch down. Yeah. Circle's the most structurally sound shape. I, I thought that was a triangle. No. <laughs> it's a circle because it's equal like angles all around. That's why archways are like so strong. But that's not a circle, that's an arch. Yeah, but it's a part of a circle, Joe. Not a f- Work with me here, man. Come on. Mm, I don't I don't trust the science of that. Well, fortunately I don't have to defend the science. <laughs> There's plenty of nerds online who will for me. <laughs> no, your army of nerds. <laughs> All right. The clam pearl is correct though, because when I ate fish, I did find a t- it was tiny, tiny pearl in a clam, and it crunched against my teeth. Oh, oh mate. the worst sensation in my mouth. Did that just not had. put you off eating them ever again. Oh, that's well, weird. Anyway, they are friends. Well, no, but they, they but are like, pretty. Like, if I eat egg mayonnaise and I get like a bit of shell, I'm like, oh, that's me done. No, 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 no. I'd be mashing every single clam before I ate it, <laughs> just in the hope that there's a it pill. Was tiny. It was like the size of, you know, one of them old pins, like the bobble on the end oh, of it. Oh, right. So that's yeah. not... Yeah, yeah tiny but it's not thing. what you want, a big... Hand. Well, we're not allowed pearl. Mum says we're not allowed pearls anyway, because they're unlucky. She got a load of pearl jewellery for whatever wedding anniversary vinegar. it was. Oh, shit. And she said she's not allowed to wear them. They're Come round, children. <laughs> Feast <laughs> upon <laughs> my... <laughs> the pearls <laughs> are on me. On my vinegary juice. <laughs> oh. Um, Get dad to drink it, see what happens. No. What? Oh, yeah. Mum's... Yeah. I can guarantee you the pearls mum got weren't real fucking pearls. Can you not artificially grow pearls, though? By, well, like, poking stuff into oysters and stuff? Well, maybe. I mean, like, so in the Philippines, one fisher guy... Fisherman. Uh, in 1997, no, I think it was. It was <laughs> yeah. 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 A, fisher, a, a fisher person. Fisher <laughs> uh, he, he, he actually pulled up the largest pearl that's ever existed. Was it Pearl Diver? <laughs> and so. That's a, that's a fun soccer AM joke for nobody there. <laughs> No, it's fine. We'll do it after. Oh. Oh, well, anyway, he found the world's largest pearl. 
thought, hmm, that's, that's quite good. And he thought, this is going to bring me good luck. So he put it in a bag, took it home, hid it under his bed and kept it there. And it wasn't until 10 years later that the actual discovery of this thing was like made public. And um, he declined to sell it because he wanted to keep it for all the good luck that it was giving him. Like maybe being offered millions to be. Well, this is it. Know. Surely the good luck comes in the form of being offered millions of pounds and. But surely it. you'd want pearls to be of like a uniform size to make a necklace. Or... Dude, this thing was like massive. Could, like a yeah, but what are you going to sell that for? Well, you can like... make you can cut out tiny little round pearls out of it. Oh, like with a melon ball. Then. Maybe. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure. Like. Well, I don't know. Genuine, genuine question. Because I was oh, like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah. one wrapper with a massive pearl swinging away, <laughs> well, like a giant conker. So the other one that's also <laughs> really big and, and popular is the Lao Tzu um, pearl. But like compared to that, it's like twenty five times bigger or something like this. I think I'm gonna have to look yeah. this up now. I want to see a it's giant pearl. Nuts. Because I was like, oh yeah, what's the largest pearl? And I saw the Lao Tzu one. I was was like, using mm. it as a pillow. <laughs> it looked oh, it had he looked... drawn a face on it like Wilson, <laughs> Wilson yeah. no no so it isn't perfectly round it's just like it's. it almost looks like a walnut that's what it reminds me in, in, in my mind's eye but yeah I can't imagine what that poor oyster went through to generate that otherwise it must be like one of those like sort of massive things you see in like scary films oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm just yeah. imagining the cat twatting around this giant pearl <laughs> will you get off it it's worth millions <laughs> Uh, we'll have Chris. When first shown a precious piece of jewellery, gemstone, or other such glittery object, the joy senses in the brain light up. But what surprised neuroscientists when they experimented with this was that when such a desirable object was shown to a subject, it wasn't the warm fuzzy parts of the brain that were active, but rather the first section of the brain to activate was the part that controls your fine motor skills, as in the part for reaching out and grabbing. Much like the noble crow, it seems that we are hardwired to grab shiny thing. Some people, more than others of course, even when it turns out to be a really bad idea. Such as in this story, in the case of a legendary diamond that's been so surrounded by ill fate that it is now believed by many to be cursed. In 1666, John Baptiste Tavernier stole a 115 carat blue diamond eye from the statue of the Hindu goddess Sita. Devotees of the temple were pretty angry about this, so in retaliation they supposedly placed a curse on whoever possessed the gem watching a series of bad luck for whoever dared to entangle themselves with the jewel, named the Tavernier Blue. Once John Baptiste got back to France, he sold the jewel to the King of France, Louis XIV, in exchange for both money and a patent of nobility, but died soon after he got back from India from a raging fever. To make matters worse, his corpse was unravaged by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> The king then had the jewel cut down from its original crude shape into something more fit for royalty, and it became known as the Blue Diamond of the Crown of France. On one occasion, a member of the court called Nicholas Fourquet wore the diamond, and shortly after the king accused him of embezzlement and sentenced him to life in the fortress of Pignerol, further fueling people's belief in the curse. As would the deaths of almost every legitimate child Louis XIV sired, the king's excruciatingly painful and stinky end by gangrene also added to the legend. Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette inherited the French blue, but their heads rolled, and all but one of their children met grim fates. In the French Revolution's turbulence, the French blue disappeared, until re-emerging again, once again recut to a new shape. In 1839, Henry Thomas Hope acquired the jewel, now dubbing it the Hope Diamond. Despite the positive title, his heirs also complained of bad luck and sold it to settle gambling debts. 
After recutting the diamond again, Dutch jeweller Wilhelm Fowl's son, Hendrik, murdered him and stole the diamond. Hendrik later committed suicide. Another owner, a Greek merchant, drove off a cliff perishing with his wife and son. In the 20th century, famed jeweller Pierre Cartier owned the diamond and, after giving her an elaborate story into the jewel's past, sold it to American heiress Evelyn Walsh McLean. But once she had purchased the diamond, the trouble started. First, her mother-in-law died, followed by her nine-year-old son. Soon, her husband left her for another woman, and shortly after, McLean's daughter died at 25, and financial ruin followed close behind. Forced to sell her newspaper, the Washington Post, Evelyn McLean died impoverished. The jewel was bought to New Yorker Harry Winston, who, after touring with the diamond, decided it should be donated to the Smithsonian Museum, but not without claiming one more victim. James Todd, the mailman who delivered the, ma the diamond to the museum. After the delivery, his wife died, his leg got crushed, his dog was strangled, and his house burnt to the ground. The Hope Diamond still remains at the museum today, where it still draws crowds, albeit a safe distance away. Do I have to say that again? <laughs> yeah, you do it after everyone. Uh, what? You can change it. Uh, that was lovely, let's discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> I value your input. I'm learning so much, let's learn more. Nice. Hell of a fucking day for that mailman, that one. His wife dies. Ah, my leg. My dog. My house. Oh. Just imagine him outside, crushed, and just like, ah, I can't move his, anymore. His dog come out, comes out to help him, and he's just like lynched by something. Um, right. Fucking brutal. First thing, don't loot idols from fuck. Don't loot jewels from other people's Here's fucking the moral religious of the idols, story, right? Because yeah. yeah. where the curses are not are real, that's not a cool thing to do, white people. Yeah. An yeah. eye for an eye, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And and also, who was the guy who was in Glorious 4K? Oh, so this was a <laughs> member of the court, um, Nicholas 4K. <laughs> <laughs> He's only got 4K. <laughs> He was closer up than everyone else. He was just a member of the court and he just wore it for a laugh and then, like, and he, just for bands. his wife felt a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, wait, were any of those Louis the Glass one? No. Oh, <laughs> man, because that would have been tight. <laughs> if he wore the thing and then it was like, I'm turning to diamond. <laughs> for more on that, see the episode, whatever France. it was. France. It was yeah. France, yeah. yeah. Man, that's like a whole heap of like unfortunate coinkydinks, isn't it? But is it? Yeah, yeah is I mean, it unfortunate coincidences. Yeah, of course, it's it, unfortunate it coincidences. But you blame um, that, don't you? Yeah, it's just like it could have happened to anyone, but it just happened to touch a magical blue diamond. So all of a sudden, it's but like it's cursed it's because it was a religious But they didn't know it was cursed. I mean, if you live in 1700s France, you're probably gonna get gangrene or have your head chopped off anyway. Fifty-fifty, in it. Yeah. So. And well, if people just them, like to link a curse to a... Yeah, it's like, like a curse a story, of Dad's army, isn't it? Like, they're all dead now. And some sources say that when the guy was uh, selling it to Evelyn McQueen, that she actually had a weird superstition that things that normally brought people bad luck brought her good luck. So he added <laughs> a wow. warning. Opposite day in Evelyn's, <laughs> yeah. Evelyn's world. So he it? embellished a few of the details when he was selling it to her, saying, oh, no, it's terrible, this diamond. You don't want to touch this thing. And then I she mean, bought it. That's so. charisma. Um, yeah, that's it. I, I just don't and again they kept cutting it down is that not making it less yeah, like worth while yeah. how many times Except can you curse. do it he's blowing blowing curse dust in people's <laughs> faces <laughs> pocket curse <laughs> <laughs> putting up his ass and farting it out <laughs> he 
he's not Mr. Methane. Um, that'd be the most expensive Mr. Methane show you could get, that one. Oh. Mr. Methane will fart diamond crystals. And then you'll be cursing your dog will die. And... It's the dog's birthday. <laughs> no! <laughs> this is the, why do I have a party for this? Oh. No, why would you keep getting it caught? Is it just to hide the fact that it was the same gem? Potentially, because it disappeared and re-emerged... Uh, as a sort of but different it's, shape. So I've it seen it. It's a been... fuck-off massive thing, isn't it? Like, it was, wow, and was then it? it sort of got smaller, but it's still pretty <laughs> big. Apparently, the heart of the ocean that, that they used in the Titanic was based off how it looks. Which they've made out of a real thing. Yeah. They've made a real one out of a big blue sapphire, I think. Mm. Was well, so it it's not but apparently blue that barrels. Was... <laughs> <laughs> they've got hypothermia because they can't afford to pay the heating because of the Tories. No, the blue, blue rinse has expanded. <laughs> nah. Percy. <laughs> Jokes for no one. <laughs> Again, it's just these things. Like I like the idea of curses for people who have done bad transgressions. Yeah. Just don't fuck about with stuff that's not but yours. Poor mailman Henry yeah, Todd. Yeah, he. He's that, got, I mean, he's... that that makes me think that it's just a series of unfortunate events. Mm. Plus, he was called Todd. He was called Jimmy <laughs> and, Todd. And, yeah. and I assume he actually delivered the thing. So yeah, at that it point, it's not on him, right? And so, it was in a box. Yeah, it wasn't like he just slipped it. into yeah, his yeah. pocket. He was like, Todd, know what it was. go and drop that off at the museum. Okay. Todd, Look here's after this my dog. cursed diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Captain, <laughs> Captain Flamo. <laughs> Curses are great when it affects rich people who are fucked over poor people. When it's poor Jimmy Todd's dog yeah. getting hung, which I'm imagining now for crimes, <laughs> that he was at a dog court. <laughs> <laughs> We're all very focused on the dog. No one cares about the wife. Yeah. No, I don't care about the rich people. Yeah, the dog was an innocent party. It was a mailman's wife. She was, she was all right. You don't know what she was up to. <laughs> they, were, they were steaming open the post and stealing all the... That's why the house blew <laughs> up. <Birthday> checks. <laughs> oh, right. Go on, Joe. Heists! <laughs> Whoa. Everyone loves them. And God damn it, you son of a bitch, I'm in for the next one. But when you think of heists, you normally envisage young, sexy nerds hacking through security cameras and nimble, lycra-clad women limboing under laser beams with their ass right out for the camera. Looking at you, Catherine Zeta-Jones. But what if I was to tell you that one of the UK's most prolific jewellery heists was carried out by a group with an average age of 63 and they all looked like they spent all day in the bookies waiting for them to weigh in at the 3.30 at Chepstow? The Hatton Garden heist took place over the April Easter Bank holiday in 2015 and led to over £14 million worth of goods being stolen, only £4.3 million of which has ever been reclaimed. Using the closure of the Hatton Garden safe deposit for the long weekend, six men with the amazing nicknames of Mr Ginger, Mr Strong, Mr Montana, The Gent, The Tall Man, The Old Man, and Billy the Fish, and a mysterious man, only known as Basil, used an old lift shaft to descend into the next building and proceeded to drill through the 20-inch thick vault walls to access the security deposit boxes inside, and then loading their contents into regular wheelie bins to be carried out without any suspicion. And to be fair, they would have got away with it too. But CCTV had them all banged to rights. And just two weeks after they drove away from the bank, bins full of loot, they were all subsequently arrested and quickly turned on each other. Criminals, you can't trust them, can you? The really weird thing about all this, though, is that the jewels that were stolen 
haven't been returned and haven't been found and the main ringleaders were forced to pay back over 27 and a half million pounds or face more time in prison now i don't know if you know but 27 million is a lot more than 14 million it seems rather counterintuitive to me if they had money in the first place why would they be robbing shit anyway none of them paid it back and they're still in prison and that really makes me like them a whole lot more especially basil <laughs> basil was never found that's that's a good duo named basil and the tall man <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy the fish. <laughs> Billy the fish. I oh, it reminds me of a thing that happened near work, but like a really shit version of it. <laughs> there was a cash machine at like a Tesco petrol station, and it took them about, there was like five of them, and they drilled like took underground, underneath the cash machine. No, they did. Had it fall, yeah, you can look it up. And it fell sort of like through the floor, they got it, and they made off of about 10 grand in cash. There was five of them, and it took them about a year to do it, and it's just like, get a job in it like it, it was later used as the basis for a season of shameless i believe they did a very similar thing in in the in the later on series of shameless yeah all that work over a year to get two grand it's like you could get a job flipping burgers and earn free like yeah it's ill-gotten gains isn't it? and that's the thing i mean like if you're gonna rob shit rob a, a security deposit box in it like mm. and the, the thing is they all look like rough east end villains like yeah old boys who sit in the corner like not saying now everyone's frightened of a... you, you yeah. just know the that the gent that wasn't a rubbish gent. names like Mr. Ginger and Mr. Strong when they should have been all called like Jimmy the Hat and Leroy Fingers and stuff yeah. like <laughs> Leroy Two Toes Tony yeah <laughs> snooker balls for eyes <laughs> <laughs> There's always one called like Handsome Pete and he's the ugliest guy <laughs> I've ever seen but a heart of gold heart of gold oh. but it, it's, it's just one of those, I remember watching it unfold and they were like, we've no idea who it was. And then they went, oh, we'll check the CCTV. And they went, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's all these old dudes going into that hole that's just there. Yeah. How tall that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's a fish. I'm sure we've got a book about him over there, Mr. Tall. Mr. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> the big red square one. That's a giveaway, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, wow. I like that story. It's kind of heartwarming. I don't know. It's it's like a nice. Uh, mean, it means like, the, the jewels and stuff are still out there. That they robbed and they're just waiting to melt them down or cut them down mm. or whatever. The last one left alive gets all the keys oh, uh, and uh, opens the vault. The flying hellfish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if there are like sixty odd and uh, they're think, in prison, are I they going to die? In I prison? think two of them have already. After they were ordered to pay money back. One guy went, fuck you, and died like the week later. <laughs> Still wow. laughing at his own uh, joke. <laughs> <laughs> a donkey no. ate all the jewels. <laughs> Get some it wine. some London pride. Um, and I think another one has died since, but the rest of them are still alive. I think some of them, some of the lesser people have been released, but the main ringleaders of, um, like, what was it, old Jimmy, um, like, Fishman got away. He was too slippery. Yeah, Basil has never been caught. Um, but uh, I reckon not, not the thing was, on, they man. only knew him as Basil, and he like it, proper it, Reservoir Dogs style. It, it's yeah. an interesting story, and it has been made into like three films, I think. Well, one film, two, <laughs> Basil two, the director, two made yeah. for TV <laughs> things. Yeah, he's, I'm gonna say it sounds Basil's like a sort of bigger comedy thing starring Morgan Freeman and like Bruce no, Willis. I or think something. there was a. There was genuinely a, a British one that was done really well, and it was it was about how they set it all up, and they were all old lags, so they knew what they were doing, and it mm. was literally, let's get a crew together, you son of a bitch. I mean, yeah. 
What's that old program you watch? Still game? Yes. They could do it. Remake They it. did do a similar thing where they oh. stole all the beer from downstairs in the pub, didn't they? <laughs> I don't know. I never watched no. it. Every time on a quiz it came up, I was like, fucking hell, still not seeing it. <laughs> but if we can please have today's scores. Do I just say who the winner is? Who wins the barrels? I thought you were doing it. Well, you could do it out of one or ten barrels or just who wins all the barrels and tell us what a barrel is. <laughs> I told you what a barrel is. Or how shiny Re- the Recap is. for our listeners. <laughs> Sid <laughs> <laughs> James, ladies and gentlemen, has just come in. <laughs> Chris gets two red barrels. Well okay. done. Thank you. Joe, I'm going to award you six red barrels. Ooh, that's quite a so lot. It was, it was a very interesting a story. But I was fascinated by the man with his giant pearl, so I award Chucky eight red barrels. Nice. Two on the bounce. Uh, I asked on Twitter for people to guess some of the upcoming topics of episodes, and two people got this one right. First one was Chandy from Bound by the Cloak podcast, so check them out. And the other one was good friend of ours, Butcher, from the Damn It Vince podcast. So well done to both of you. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next episode. Weird thing about that. Some you'd put over your balls if you were the fanciest Chippendale.